Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. If you're a theater nerd, you should love this week's Let's Go Eat show. Our guest is Karen Eisenberg, Artistic Director of the Pioneer Theater Company. Ms. Eisenberg is a New York native from a well-respected Broadway theater family. Her father, Manny, produced the debut of dozens of Neil Simon plays, and Karen has years of experience of her own. Well, now she's settled into Utah to direct and produce plays for Salt Lake audiences. What are the challenges and the rewards of running what many call Utah's preeminent professional theater? Can she answer my questions while eating a sandwich from Even Stevens? And does she spell the word theater with an E-R or an R-E? Please rate our podcast wherever you can and find us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N for extra Let's Go Eat Show content. And now, Pioneer Theater's Karen Eisenberg. It's six years. Yeah, very good. And, um, and he said, well, I, I thought we were interviewing her because she was new to town. And I, <laughs> and I said, well, well, kind of, it, that's, the, that's true. I mean, really, it is. You well, around here, six years is like nothing. Nothing. Uh, it's you know, Charles Morey was twenty-eight years here, yep. so you're just you're new. Yeah. In 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 Utah theater standards, six years is still new. Mm-hmm. I though I have graduated a little bit. Like I make the. Um, when I fly between here and New York, the, which you I'm, do often, which yeah. I do. Yeah. But, but, I'll get right up on the microphone. We're kind of we've kind of already started, really. By the okay, way, okay, great. That's, just, that's how we do. <laughs> we, just to alert you, we just kind of ease into it. We're not very official. Just got to make sure you talk real close to the mic. Okay, I will get nice and close. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and so my uh, accountant, I guess Tom is, is a is a is a wonderful guy. Tom Johnson, uh-huh. and 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 an unusual guy, and he's been singing your praises for a, a, a couple of years. That. Yeah, a couple of years. He thinks you're just the greatest, yeah. and I think he's an okay accountant. So. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I take accountant recommendations whenever yeah. possible. And I hope I know Tom will listen to this, so I hope Tom, you heard that and paid attention. She's great. You're an okay accountant. <laughs> Uh, so uh, our guest, of course, Karen Eisenberg, um, is Eisenberg is the um, the artistic director for Pioneer Memorial. Excuse me, the Simmons. Well, we are the Pioneer Theater Company, whose performances are at the Simmons Pioneer Memorial Theater. Yeah, Sim- I says just for so long, I was always it was always Pioneer Memorial PMT. Theater. Yeah. yeah. And now it became Simmons. And I had to really start saying that because uh, uh, our previous owner, the previous owner of our radio station, was the Simmons Media Corporation. And, and uh, Her- uh, not Harold, well, the, uh, um, the old, the, 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 they're both gone now. Roy and uh, Elizabeth. Libby. Libby, Libby yeah. that's right. Who I met on a couple of occasions and were charming people. I, I didn't meet the senior Simmonses, but, you know, Harris is very lovely and has been great to the theater and the family supports us nicely. Yeah, it's, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I just live down the street. I see the, I can see the theater from my house practically. Ah. Uh, so, uh, so you are the artistic director here at uh, Pioneer Memorial Theater, and, and we'll do just a little st- Simmons Pioneer <laughs> Memorial Theater, the Pioneer Memorial Theater Company at Simmons Pioneer Memorial Theater, right? Pioneer Theater Company. Pioneer Theater Company at Simmons. Right. No memorial. Okay. We'll We've just remembered it. We're done remembering. Okay. We're not. All right. Anymore. It's PMT. 
Uh, and uh, on the University of Utah campus, Karen is, uh, you, it's okay if I call you Karen. I, yeah, so, I think that's yeah. good. Uh, she has uh, been here for six years, started in 2012 officially, or hired in 2011. Yep. Started in 2012. Uh, and uh, the your praises were sung by uh, the uh, the people who hired you here they said there was just no there were a hundred applicants about for the job and when your name popped up said, well we've got to hire Karen Eisenberg and you had worked here before yep. as a director correct yes I had been here as a director and a choreographer um, I would probably say that the claim to fame was I worked on the what we call around here the first Les Mis. Yeah, the acclaimed. Yes. Every oh man, people were excited. They were crazy. I had never experienced yeah. anything like that, and I lived in New York. It was it was wild. People in Utah are just you. You could do a production of that every year. I yeah. don't. I don't oh, mean to sure. suggest no. and sell it out every yeah. year. Yeah. Right? No, it's it's a wildly popular yeah. title. People love it. So uh, they anyway. You were hired, and Charles Morey, who had been the. Uh, uh, artistic director for 28 years he was ready to retire said oh it's got to be Karen and the board was unanimous and they hired you because I'm charming and lovely it seems to be the case I uh, I've been only in your presence now for about 10 minutes and and you're getting that I'm feeling it yeah I really am feeling it Uh, so you must have been thrilled I was, although um, moving with a family from uh, New York City environs with two middle school teenagers, um, and I had never lived anywhere except the New York metropolitan area in my entire life, was, Mm. you know, a lot. That was a lot. Well, I mean, you've lived in other cities for four four, weeks, weeks, six weeks, because... And, That's what I do. And by the way, you you hear that I'm eating, which so my I can son chew hates. on occasion. You know, this is called the Let's Go Eat show. So eating so, is good. That's fine. Okay, great. Um, you you yeah, you've lived four weeks, six weeks. So you've been all over the the country directing and choreo- choreographing. Yeah. That I, I read at, in your bio was it accurate sixty different productions in regional theaters in like twenty seven states or that's something like six, that. That's like six years old. So it's like more than that now. Do you still do that a little? A little bit, because I think it's important to get out and see what the rest of the world is doing and keep my contacts up around the country. Mm-hmm. So I, when an opportunity presents itself at the right time, off I go. I want to remember to ask you this, and we'll come back to it. You, you have seen theaters like PMT uh, all over the country. You've seen regional theaters all over the country. I, I want to know, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, but how how this is different and how it's the same. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, your uh, bio still. Oh, you're a Tony, a Tony member. You can vote for the Tonys. I vote for the Tony and Awards. So you go, oh, I know somebody else who does that, somebody at Broadway Across America. Yeah, here in town, A couple of them. Yep. And uh, they they uh, they go to New York, like when it gets really close to time, and they just binge watch the plays that are. Is that do you do that? Well, I sp- I try to spread it out. So every time I go to New York to do auditions for the theater, I see two, three, four shows in that week, and then and then you always end up. And even when I lived in New York, you end up with a binge watch mm-hmm. end of season cuz so much stuff opens in the spring. And it's not like it's not like movies or television shows that you could just get on your computer. Right. It's live theater baby. You got to be there. Yeah. You got to be there. Um that might, but it must be really fun. It's it is really fun. And it's a you know, it's a tremendously cool thing to be able to do. It is challenging when you want to see when you have to see 10 shows in one yeah. week because you know then it's a little more tedious uh do you do you go see things uh during that time and, and other times and you must make uh sort of decisions as you're going to hear by the way we're recording this on the stage at at pmt nope at Pioneer Theater. There you go. Thanks, Dylan. They're, and they're working on the, the set in the, in the scene shop back here. So if you hear drills or hammers or people cursing or whatever. That's Twelfth Night coming your way. This is the set. This, uh, this is the for set it. That for, for I that we have. Or I, I mean. Yeah. Right, right here behind us. It. It. Good. That's kind yeah. of interesting. They ought to try to do that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. 
Uh, but the it's the, a musical. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Yeah. The hammering and drilling is is Twelfth Night, and I like to say that it's it's like the blob that the <laughs> the sets for the next show come you know creeping mm. in like with the theme from Jaws playing mm-hmm. underneath, <laughs> taking over the space. Uh, so you see you see things in New York uh, for the to, for the Tonys, and uh, you must see things that you think you make a mental note and say ah. Oh, we, yeah, we could do that at Pioneer. Oh, com- totally and completely. And do you see things also? You go, mm, no, not for Utah audiences. Um, sometimes less often than I think you would think. More mm. often, it's uh, I didn't love it so much. Yeah. But like Bright Star was an example of something I saw in New York and said that will work here. Absolutely, that will work here for sure. I mean, I've never seen it. I haven't seen it, but I know the story of it. And yeah. That's a, that's just enough, and and I would assume that they loved it. They loved it. Yeah. It went. It did very nicely, and the audience adored it, and it was it was great. It was really fun. As the artistic director for a theater like this, like Pioneer, uh, you have one one house. You've got about what a, a thousand seats out there. Uh, you run. How, you run what seven plays a season? Yep. Yep. Um, so. Give people an idea of, and then do you still you direct a few here, a yep. couple of them, or a couple every year? Three, three. That's your. Is that your personal commitment or your? Um, that's the balance that needs to happen to balance our budget, and um, and often there are three shows that I'm like, oh no, I'm not letting somebody else do that. That's yeah. mine. <laughs> I, I mean, do you uh, do you have do you ever have to direct things that you think? Well, I I don't know. I'd rather maybe rather not. That's not the right way to put it, but it's more of a job than it is, oh boy. I would say that tends to be the exception. Um, mm-hmm. Hasn't happened very often. And of course, what really happens with theater people when, when that is the case and you're directing something that you think you don't like, you fall in love with it over the course of the rehearsal process and the development of the piece with the designers and the actors because you're putting a little piece of yourself yeah. in there and you start oh well maybe let me reconsider about that uh, and I'll, I'll and i will say this and get it out of the way um uh, my background is in theater and acting that's what i started out doing and then ended up in radio so so i would say with that given that um, I would say you also probably you think you're gonna every once in a while, you know you get a especially in college they you know you well we're gonna direct we're gonna do this play and you try out for it and you you just do it because you do it right and they think I don't really like this play but then you find a way to make just change it somehow exactly to 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 find something in it that. And you say to yourself, I bet no one's ever found this. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Before. Because <laughs> we're all brilliant yeah. all the time. Yeah, so, uh, I, I, so you are you really are so so New York as I read your not not the way not the way you behave, the but as I read your background. I well, I was My born God. and raised in New York City. And in the theater. Yeah. Your father, which I didn't know until today as I was reading stuff, um, Emmanuel Eisenberg. Right. Manny, Manny, they called him. Yep. Broadway producer. Yep. Of really famous plays. Yep. Uh, it produced Neil Simon plays, uh, dozens of Neil Simon plays on Broadway. Yep. Tom Stoppard, Stephen Sondheim. Jeez. You know, I mean, yeah. you were, you know, and before that, uh, I read that he kind of got interested in theater because uh, uh, his, he had an uncle. his uncle yep. was in the Yiddish theater. Yep. God, and does it go back beyond that, do you know? Um, uh, it actually goes back, I have learned my, so the, my father's uncle was my great uncle. Mm-hmm. His uh, uncle was, um, oh, a prompter for the uh, Polish opera. Really? So, so he'd be in one of those yeah. little boxes down That's in right. front of the stage. And, yeah, yeah. And then, and then your mother, when uh, I guess she met your father or whatever, she was a, a stage manager. Or? That's my stepmom. Yeah, oh. she was. Um, she was a. She started out as a dancer and became a stage manager. She did the original Broadway production of Cats as a stage manager. Now you have siblings. Do, do did they go into theater as well? Um, of my dad's uh, five children. 
four four of us are are in the theater. Um, my my one sister who isn't in the theater pursued escaped escaped, but like sort of ended up more in the area of my father's other love, which is um, sports. And she was a athlete, and um, she married. Uh, a guy who at the time was a tennis pro, and huh. her kids are all tennis players, so it's sort of the other side of the family interest. Now, how about your children? Two, two uh, te- kind of teenagers who moved to Utah theater? Nope. <laughs> it does have the tendency to kind of die out. <laughs> well, it's what's interesting is they love the theater. They both um, have my son, who's now in college, his part-time job at college is to work in the theater at the college, although he is a history and government major. So that isn't at the moment where his career path is taking him. And Alex, if you're listening, stay in history and government. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, the, what now radio became really my, my profession. And when people, and I've done it now for 30 years and people will say to me, younger people will say to me, you know, I really I want to go into broadcasting. What kind of advice could you give me about that? And I say, don't go into don't broadcasting. Work. Yes, don't do it. And it's the same. I think it's kind of the same with theater. Oh, it's totally. I mean, that's the that's actually my my personal conversation with my dad was when I was very little. He would say, don't go and don't become an actress. Don't become an actress. It's it's not stable. It's too difficult. And so, in the mind of a ten year old, I became a dancer. Oh, I'll, I know because what because that lo- right because sure. that logic made sense to me um, because I obviously didn't hear the stability part yeah. um, at all. But I no sooner graduated from college with my fabulous BFA in dance and shifted right back to theater. Yeah. So. Uh, you're, so one other question, just about your kids. You mentioned uh, that so you you had to uproot them and move them here. Did they, were they, I don't want to do this, or were they, this is great? I was not a popular parent for quite a while. Really? Um, My son was sort of a little more uh, sanguine and saw three years in Utah and out and could could manage that. My daughter, who at the time was starting middle school, was not pleased. And, you know, 12-year-old girls are not known for being pleased I, about I things have, anyway. I have one right now, yeah. a 13. Okay, yeah. so you, you, Doesn't you're like living anything. It. Nothing, right. You, you, you can't say anything when you God, Dad, God. I mean, Dad. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Doesn't so like anything. I had a, a good year of... But are they good now? I mean, do they she, like it yeah, here? She loves it here now. Um, of course, she's leaving next year to go to college. Um, mm. But she's very happy, and I think, I think they have both... Or maybe I've transferred this into their brains. Um, <laughs> embrace the idea that they have been able to have an experience that, you know, of moving someplace different mm-hmm. that other people don't get. I lived, I grew up in New York. I always lived in New York. I never knew what it was like to live anywhere else. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got to go to all these other places. Not, my kids have now had that experience and they haven't even gone to college yet. Do you think they'll end up back in New York? Um, I think they'll end up East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter wants to be a chef, so oh. where she'll end up is a little hard to tell if she continues. That's an on that itinerant track. life, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, and your where does your son go to college? Franklin and Marshall in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Huh. I should know that because that's I went to Penn State, so um, I should. It's lovely. I was just there visiting, and it's a sweet liberal arts college. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say I'm surprised that they didn't uh, uh, go to college here. Be, to take advantage of, uh, do you get that kind of, do you, cause, because I thought yeah. maybe you didn't, because I was reading today, and I didn't know this, that this theater is in most ways independent of the University of Utah. It's a complicated um, relationship that has, I think, evolved over time, um, as I as I am told, Kirsten can maybe jump in if I mess this up, Um you know, the major arts entities in, in Salt Lake all started on the university campus. So Pretty the much. ballet, the symphony, yeah. and opera, and Arty Pioneer. Repertory Dance Theater, didn't they start up here, I think? Mm. Mm. No. Anyway. So um, the others at certain points moved off campus, mm-hmm. but, um, but Pioneer did not. Um, so we are still here 
the relationship with the university has evolved over the years. We we are in certain ways a separate entity, but I'm an employee of the University of Utah. Oh, really? Yes, and I am also now on the faculty of the uh, actor training program in the theater department. Oh, that's now that do you like do you like doing? Yeah, that? it's fun teaching in academia. That's where I just came from. My class no. meets on Fridays and. I impart important pieces of information of to the you young actors of America. So you, uh, is actor training program here, which has a really good reputation, uh, is it is you're, you're watching them do scenes and critiquing them and all of that kind of stuff? We do a little of that. Part of what uh, the point of my class is is to help introduce those students to the guest artists that come to Pioneer. So they meet professional actors, professional directors, professional designers, and um, develop relationships and, and have someone, if they move to New York, they can call and say, you know, can I buy you a cup of coffee and will you tell me about yeah. how to find a part-time job here in New York City? Mm-hmm. Or do you have a lead on any sublet apartments? It's It's... You know, it's the bigger networking, and it's a great advantage to move someplace like New York and have some contacts. You know, uh, I think Pioneer has been, <clears throat> I don't want to say criticized over the years, but they say, well, it's not really for the students. They bring in all these actors from out of state and uh, you bring actors from New York, and, you know, what is uh, uh, but But, there, and I, you know that. You've heard that, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, people don't see, realize a, how valuable it is for uh, the students who do audition and community actually community members who 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 mm-hmm. come here and get to work with those people, those professionals. But then there's all kinds of other theater going on on this campus. There are all kinds of uh, productions here uh, in this building and the actor. Yeah, yeah. just some you know that the, students can do. The student. I mean, there's there are department productions that are that are for the students. Are I mean, Pioneer Theater is a professional theater company. So while we are in residence um, at the University of Utah, we are a professional entity. Like the museum is a professional entity. Um, so it is our mission and our responsibility to encourage and to include the students wherever possible. And we have an internship program with the actor training program that brings them into our into our theater and into our rehearsals and into our techs and and helps fold them into our programming. Um, but but really our responsibility is to produce professional theater and that involves bringing in the best talent available from wherever they come from. And it's also because you are the separate entity, uh, you've got <clears throat> a budget and you got a lot of expenses, yep. and uh, you have to make money. But theaters don't make money a lot. A lot of, I mean, some very rare. Do, theaters are not a money-making opportunity. No. Um, my dad has a piece of embroidery uh, in his office, um, and always has that says, "There is no profit like." Nonprofit and do not invest in show business, which is basically truth. Unless you are the once in a lifetime and beyond creator investor in Hamilton, you are not going to get rich in the American theater. Right. That said, you, there is responsible theater producing. I think we do a really good job of it here. Um, we have a, a good earned to contributed income ratio and we work really hard to balance our budgets uh, and not go into debt while trying to pay everybody that works in the building it's the the ticket sales um, can't can only though because it is not a way to make money ticket sales and especially it's not a big house really right uh, can only be one component of that ba- balancing your budget right you have to depend on uh, grants and donations, and and there must. But are you? Do you fundraise, Christian? Or you, no. no, but spend. you spend. She spends. But there are fundraisers employed by the yep. the theater. Yeah, we have a development right. office that that does that kind of work. We're also fortunate because um, Salt Lake has the incredible Zap Tax. Zoo Arts and Parks. Zoo yeah. Arts and Parks. That's an amazing thing. That as to one of your questions from earlier, I've never seen anywhere else in the country. 
and that's pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. that the the uh, county believes in supporting zoo arts and parks in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a component of our um, money that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's fundraising. Yeah, and so and but and that's part of your responsibility to oversee all of that, to pick the seasons, to direct some of the plays. Yep. What what am I missing? Um, to hire the actors and the directors and the designers. Um, there's kind of not a lot I don't do. And to teach a class. I teach a class, yeah. I'm not sure how you do that. How do you do all of that? Is it, is it the biggest challenge you've ever really faced? Um, I don't know that it's the biggest challenge I've ever faced. Well, raising I, kids would be big. Yeah, that was big. Um <laughs> Uh, I was the president of the directors union in New oh, York. That right. was big too. Yeah, you're um, not any longer the. No, it's a, you know, you do three year terms, and I did two, and now I'm. Are you done. still on the board, or? No, because I, I did 16 years on the board, which is three to four more years than you're actually supposed to do. <laughs> That's Oop, the. Oops. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the um, uh, society society for society directors of, and choreographers, right? And it's essentially their. Professional They're, union, right? Correct, yeah. correct. So let me, let me ask you something about that because you brought that up. Uh, I just read a little deal that you were responsible for negotiating, oh and and you're going to tell me I can't tell you anything about it. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. <laughs> so uh, that 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 Spider Man, or as I like to say, Spider Man, that Spider Man mu- musical, uh, Turn Out the Dark, is Turn Off the Dark, Turn Off the Dark, yeah, that was. <laughs> Legendarily disastrous, mm-hmm. directed by the brilliantly talented Julie Taymor, yep. who directed Lion King on Broadway and all of that, and is, uh, started out as a choreographer, I believe, didn't she? She was one of those multi-media no. people. No. She was she does puppets, right? And and still and still works. I mean, she's great. Yeah, but that was production she was trying to direct it, and it was just just a disaster, just plagued with this. And she got fired from the production. Uh, whoever the investors were and right. and everything said said uh, it must be her fault. Fire her. And I, I assume she got a severance, but she decided she was going to sue. She did not get a severance. That oh. was part of the oh, problem. There you go. Um, and and the 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 issue for all directors, which is included in their contracts, has to do with the evil discussion of property rights, which is a complicated. Um, uh, concept when you're talking about direction because you're talking about tangible property in a way that's you're, correct you know, um, intellectual property intellectual property um, and but they were still using her intellectual property wait a minute those things were that are going on on the stage right now are all my ideas you can't keep them well and we would even um, offer back it's never not even about the ideas. It's about the literal. Some of the staging remained the things yeah. she created, yeah. um, because we will. Uh, I well. Oh gosh, I may get in trouble with my union. Um, you can't copyright ideas. So I have a great idea to set um, Mamma Mia at the end of our season on the moon. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> they're going to wear spacesuits and helmets and people and, do and that gonna, right? Thing. Yeah. But and and say we do it and mm-hmm. it is a giant hit. Everybody else in America can set their mama mia on the moon too and I can get no recognition cuz that's, that's that kind of stinks in a way though. Well, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's not controllable. Yeah. Um, so, but if you do that, Mamma Mia, on the moon, and you have five people flying just like I did, and they all fly up from the orchestra pit, and then they land on the stage, and they cross up stage, and then they go to the right, and it starts to look the same, then I have a case. Mm-hmm. And that was closer to the situation for Julie was that they were using staging that she created. But you, as the as a executive board member with that union... Negotiated and talked to her and the and the investors. Well, and the, the lawyers obviously lawyers. did mo- did most of it. But as the president of the union at the time, I was the spokesperson representing the the union's you're interest being on Julie's behalf. You're being modest. <laughs> you're, you're you're being modest. You you helped helped and had a large part in working it all out 
so that there was not a, a law, so that a lawsuit didn't happen. We were very grateful that yeah. things settled. Yeah. I just thought that was a really fascinating and interesting tidbit. It was very, in hindsight, it was wildly fascinating. In the midst of it, was it, 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 was, it was very stressful. Stressful. Yeah. It was very stressful. Did you see that production, by the way? Oh yeah, because. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I, I saw it. I had to. Well, was well, was it horrible or was it? There were lots of things about it that were really neat and yeah. crazy that no one had ever seen in the theater before, and that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. It had trouble coming together, and given the amount of time and money they spent, I under I understand why the producers had difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, I I think this is the perfect time to announce that at next season at Pioneer. Spider-Man. That's right. That's what we're opening the season with. Chris Lino is now passing out somewhere. <laughs> that would, um, that's a good idea. What? Who do you? Um, who do you have to answer to though with decisions like that? I mean, suppose uh, you're laughing. <laughs> Her assistant is laughing. Uh, Kir- Kirsten is there? Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah, laughing. I because I'm guessing you're going to say you have to answer to everybody. I but. have to answer to her. <laughs> She's got to sell the season. But but uh, I mean, let's say that you just, you know, you got a wild hair, and said, you know, next season of P- Pioneer is just going to be, it's going to be the most experimental thing that anybody's ever seen in Utah, and you couldn't do it, could you? I probably could. Um, I don't know that I would. I mean, I think that's part of why the board felt comfortable hiring me in the first place, was that um, some of the heart of the programming of this theater, having a very mixed bag of options for the audience was what I love about theater. Yeah. I don't want to walk into a theater and see the same thing every time. So I love the idea that our programming is as diverse as it is. Um, I have to answer to our board who who um, helps raise the money so yeah. that we can continue to run. Um, I'm very lucky because I know that uh, not all artistic directors um, have this uh, but uh, at the end of the day, the choice of the season is 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 mine. But, but, they, uh, but then I have to take responsibility if I totally yeah. screw oh, and up. I, and I, I want to go back. I go back to what you said right at the beginning of all of that was part of the reason you got hired is what they recognized in you. Uh, part of what they recognized in you was a a level headed kind of person who understood the boundaries. I guess is the way to put it. Well, and the boundaries are economic as much yeah. as of it, sure. anything else. If you don't make any money, your doors are, doors are going to close in a matter of moments. Yeah. Um, you know, every theater in this country is six months from disaster, if not managed well. Or at disaster. Or, yeah. or already there. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So how does, as you, as you have traveled around the country, and again, we'll remind people that Karen Azenberg is... Um, uh, 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 before she was the artistic director here at Pioneer, directed plays at theaters of all kinds all, in 27 different states all around the country. Um, you were you were a gun for hire kind of people. I was. Yeah. But you apparently had a reputation. People would say, I know who we should get to direct, uh, uh, and you would go and direct plays. So talk about that and relate it to Pioneer and how Pioneer is different and how it's the same. You know, every theater works differently, and that part of the job of the gun for hire is to figure out the way to do your thing in somebody else's framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those of the folks that get successful at it are the ones that have the ability to adapt and to um, do their best work, but also understand. Every theater has different constraints. Every theater has a different schedule. Every theater has a different way of working, a different staff structure. And you have to figure out how to do what you do in their in their playground. Um, so I think I got, I, I know I wasn't very good at it when I started, but I know I got better at it as I, as I went along. Mm. Um, and it certainly informed coming here what I had to remember as now I bring in the guest guest artists. Yeah. But the thing about Pioneer that 
I don't believe I found in any theater outside of the Broadway arena um, is an ability to produce on a level that most theaters cannot. One one of those things is because we have this, you know, we're sitting here, this giant stage. It goes way back and this the stage space is as big or bigger than almost every Broadway th- theater. Yeah, when would, yeah uh, listen, people, don't, you know, they think Broadway, you go see plays on Broadway in New York and you go to the theater and go, this is a dingy little... Yeah. And I mean, well, I mean, the, you have no leg room, zero, yeah. none, and anybody over six old. feet, good luck. Yeah, they're old. They're really old. the The bathrooms are inadequate. Uh, uh, it's nice that you can get a drink at in at uh, intermission, yeah, like but the part. lines are like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. This is a really beautiful thing. When was this theater built? Ooh. 1962. Not, not. Oh, really? But That's there was a big renovation in 2000, yeah, right? 98. 98. Yeah. 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 So it's. Uh, yeah, it's it is a really nice theater, uh, and um, and and it has a lot of potential for you can do all kinds of stuff. We can do all kinds of stuff that both from um, uh, a shop standpoint. You know, we have our own scene shop, we have our own costume shop. All of our um, creators of scenery and stuff are are right here, and that's yeah. our full time staff, which. A lot of theaters don't. We they have to send out to an outside organization to build their sets or I, costumes. I went to undergraduate school with George Maxwell, who I think just retired. George, C- uh, scenic designer here at Pioneer for genius, uh, forever and ever, brilliant scenic designer and a, and a man of very few words. That's all I'll say. Very few words. Very few words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, George. We love him. We love him. Yeah. I uh, I, I yeah I went to undergraduate school with George, and it's uh, and he he has a national reputation for the sets he has created here. In I wonder if people really realize that. I I'm not certain how much our local folks really uh, yeah. realize. I mean I try to make the point as often as I can. The and and the interesting thing is the people that really bring it up are the guest artists that come and they look and they're like oh my gosh this is not like anything anywhere in the country I don't have costumes made like this for me when I'm on Broadway I don't have pieces of scenery like this when I'm on Broadway never mind it at other regional theaters so it's it's really something to be proud of the these are artists painting scenery and sewing costumes and many of them have been here I mean George was here for what 40 years is it 40 years yeah yeah so now it tells you how old I am. <laughs> well, you, you were early, went to college when you were 12, right? Right, yeah. yeah I've, aged, I've aged pretty well, anyway. Um, uh, let's, uh, so, so theater audiences get gotten, they say, the graying of the, the audience. And he, here at Pioneer, the little old ladies in their stoles and... Yeah. You know, and they, they come to the theater, and they're, they're faithful, they're regulars, your season ticket holders. Um, yep. How do you, what do you, and every other theater artistic director who faces this yep. problem, you, you keep thinking, i got to do something to get younger people interested in the theater, get younger faces here. I... And, is, God, and God love the little old ladies who yeah. come and the, their husbands who fall asleep. We're we're all gonna be the little old ladies yeah. and and husbands at some some point if you love the theater. the The interesting piece of that conversation and and it's true. Every artistic director in the country has this discussion of how you know how do we get more people in our doors. Um, the the that generation that is constantly renewing itself is able to go to the theater because they've raised their kids and they don't have the distractions of of life i would not go to the theater if it wasn't my job mm-hmm. um not because i don't love it but because there's just only so many hours in the day and when you have you know two kids three kids five kids and there's the after yeah. school and the soccer game and the hockey match and the ballet lesson and and all of those things it's hard to figure out how you put it into your schedule so I understand it and I feel like when they are able to make time in their schedule I want those folks to come here Mm -hmm. and see what we're doing because it's the best 
Um, and uh, I think we just have to keep reminding people that. And then they hit that point where it's like, oh, wait, my kids are teenagers. Wait, I could go. We could have date night, dear. Let's go to the theater. Um, I think it will always be a problem. Mm. But I also think I look at our student matinees and those kids go nuts nuts for the things we do and they are the most enthusiastic and smart audience they ask the best questions yeah these are uh, kids from schools around the area yeah yeah um, i think my my daughter's been up to several things here and uh, they take them to other productions yeah. around yeah which i think is great it's yeah. it's fabulous it's great and um i think if that's in people's ethos, they're likely to then come back at various times. But, you know, if I had the magic wand that waved it over the community and said, come to see Pioneer Theater rather than a football game or a basketball game or... Or what's on TV. Or what's or, on TV. Uh, there's so I, much competition for your time and right. en- entertainment. All, all over. Yeah. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse over the years. There's so many things you can do. A- plus... If you stop to think about it, Christ, there is a lot of theater in this city. There's a lot of theater in this Just city. other theaters doing stuff, which is great, but you're, you're competing with that as well. Yeah. Um, do you get a chance to see any of that? I try to get to see some of the stuff around town. Um, you know, Slack and Plan B were all very in the same circles of folks so mm-hmm. I, I i try to get there when i can um it's could i could i recommend i've just fallen in love with these guys and they're doing a play at plan b right now but it's the sackerson sackerson yeah oh, those those guys are great yeah and they're very innovative my uh, my younger son went to uh, school uh, and one of his teachers was the found one of the founders of yeah. sackerson so we started going to see a lot of their stuff and it's really, really su- superb, entertaining, bare bones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Flying Bobcat also does some really. No, I don't know them. They're going to be doing a project at Plan B next. Okay. So, I mean, there's Flying great Bobcat. work yeah. going on here, mm-hmm. and it's exciting. Um, but of course, it's also competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, and uh, so uh, let me. So I don't want to go with it for you. Oh, let's talk about uh, the the um, the season you're doing now, the play you're doing now, and what's coming up, and then the the season to come. Right. Uh, by the way, I was going to ask. So Charles Morey, when he retired, did he stay? He's not from here, is he? No, he's he. Um, <clears throat> did he, he stay here? He stayed for a little while, um, but he and his wife had already sort of started. Um, basing out of New York City, mm. uh, and they're there, and also in New Hampshire, because uh, he works at a theater in New Hampshire that he had worked at over the years. Forever. I was uh, going to ask because only going to ask. It's isn't it Charles Morey's voice on the commercials that we hear on the radio? No. For, uh, no. Oh, I always for some reason I always thought it was him. Yeah. No, it's not Charles Morey. It's just been the same voice for years. Okay. Oh, he's from some Virginia. guy in Virginia. All right. Yeah. I just for some reason. Is it our voiceover guy of choice? Yeah. No, it's, and he's done it for a long time. And it, but if if you ever want, if if ever he decides to retire, I'd be happy to do it. If, <laughs> Good to oh, know. Sure. All I'm right. Happy do you do, to do work it. for trade? Yes. I would work. I would work for the, theater ticket trade in a heartbeat. Uh, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk, uh, Karen Eisenberg, uh, about pioneers current season you've have you opened i i just opened last week so um, and it's the it's sm- lowercase letter i right no. and i can't tell you much about the play because it would ruin it for you but twists a, and turns huh? twists and turns but it's a world premiere which is something i'm really proud of that we're able um every couple of years to do a brand new play that's never been seen anywhere before uh and give a writer an opportunity to have their work fully produced. I'm, I'm looking at the set, and I'm trying to figure out what the play's about. I'm trying yeah. to get some spoilers from looking at the set. Well, the the, the play is set, um, as the playwright has said, soon. Uh, so, okay. not in current times, in the future, 
soon. Well, they live in an they live in a messy apartment. Yeah, well, there's that. But it looks like it could be a. It's more the stuff that's above us here. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and the design is really kind of neat, and it has it lends itself to the creativity of our lighting designer mm. quite a lot. Mm. Um, and it it ha- kind of has a lot of surprises in that what looks like just sort of a wall yeah. turns into a whole lot of different looking Is that gla- things. that's glass? It's um plexi. You could you you could do projections <laughs> on that and we do, we do things on it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give it away. You got to come and see the magic. Uh it's uh and it's uh well I, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a love story. It's about two people um who uh, have a messy apartment. Have a messy apartment. It looks well, kind of, it could be a Sam Shepard play, it looks like, from the set. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe. A little more, a little more, again, in the future. Um, well, not now. It's, right. not, it's not now. It's not now. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there's that play, which is, uh, which has it opened or it opens? So it's open, so we run um, one more week and a bit through, what's the date? March 3rd. See, I'm really good at this. I through just, next weekend. Through okay. next weekend. Mm-hmm. And then um, then, then the marathon begins here. Um, on March 4th arrives two full casts of, of actors. So the cast of Twelfth Night will arrive, and the cast of the In the Heights concert that we're doing arrives. And we will be rehearsing both productions simultaneously to start with. Um, it gets really busy and really crazy but it it's like sort of a theater person's dream because you've got these Shakespearean people and these crazy musical theater people and the rappers and the dancers and it's like woo everybody's here that is cool so in the heights is Lin-Manuel Miranda's right the musical that made him his first big musical mm-hmm. yeah uh there you're doing the and you did one of these last year too it's yep, a, a with cl- chess yeah, a concert. It's called in the concert version. Is is that um, something you thought of, or or is somebody around? Has it been done around the country like that? There there are programs around the country. the 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 famous one in New York is called um, Encores, and um, it was originally created to sort of put out their shows that were not necessarily conducive for full revivals. The script was flawed or dated, but the, the score was memorable. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of it, and obviously we can't produce everything all the time. I mean, certainly, I mean, the, the con- Les Mis concert that KUED broadcast when I was what I grew up watching. Right. It was a live concert of Les Mis. Yeah. Con- yeah. I mean, they're fun because for a lot of these shows especially if it's something you are familiar with, yes, it's great to have all the bells and whistles and scenery and stuff, but sometimes just sort of hearing great performances of the songs evokes something really fun mm-hmm. for the audience. You know, Chess for us last year was a score people don't get to hear very often, and it was really exciting to do that with 19 musicians it, and a full cast. You know, when I started in radio at the uh, in the 80s, there was a big hit song mm-hmm. one night in bangkok oh it was giant yeah and we played the shit out of that song <laughs> we just Man. we've been playing it a lot recently oh have we because we've been doing uh segments of the show that are uh, look back pioneers of alternative yeah and i didn't know at the time that it was from this musical yep. chess yeah and uh who did that uh, who did the song well it's abba but Murray, Murray Head, Head. Yeah. Murray Head, yeah, and it, uh, I, everybody loved that song. So I think when so, uh, Chess probably dug, did pretty damn well, I would think. Chess did well, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was exciting, and um, the fun thing about the concert for us is also it's like a creative challenge. We pick the concert; it has to be done on the set of a different show. And how do we make that work? How does it fit in? How do you, how do I just put one other thing on the stage to make chess work with King Charles the Third, which yeah. was the play that was going to follow it? And it we just hung two flags, a Russian flag and an American flag, and it was kind of like this works. Wait a minute. And then Twelfth Night. Uh, how do people respond to the Shakespeare's? Oh, we have. I, I can literally stand at the end of the season. We do. Um, we do a. 
pre-show, you know, here's the mm-hmm. season and come buy tickets. But you can buy tickets anytime you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can literally like draw a line down the middle of the audience of the people that are like all excited about Shakespeare and the ones that are like, oh gosh, why are they doing Shakespeare again? Do I have to do that one if yeah. it's in the, you know. Can we, can we trade out? It's like. Twelfth Night is, I have a, a love-hate relationship with that. I've been in it three times. Oh, wow. I played at the Utah Shakespeare Festival years ago, Sebastian. Uh-huh. That, that's the young, that's the brother. The, the brother, twin brother, right. or, the, or the supposed twin. And then, uh, and then the other two times I was in it, both times I played the same part, the thankless role of Fabian. Fa- oh, yeah. Who Fabian's has, not as fun. No, it's not a fun role. And you have to say the line, Souter will cry out upon it, though it be rank as a fox. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that was a knee slapper in Shakespeare's time. Probably way back when. <laughs> but I tried both performance, both both times I was in it, tried my damnedest to get a laugh out of that line. <laughs> never, ne- almost never there's, worked. No, there's one person. You know, there's always yeah, the one. The Shakespeare scholar. When you do the Shakespeare's uh, here, uh, do you have people who bring their texts? A few. I've that used never to be a, seen that. Oh, is that a thing? Oh, yeah, I used to see it uh, in in uh, Shakespearean. I did. I've done a lot of Shakespearean <laughs> stuff, and there are certain there are certain people who would bring Let's their see text what and, you did. Yeah, and follow kind of follow <laughs> along. And, I can't believe they cut that scene or that. You know, right? Can't believe it. The purists. Well, the, and the cool thing about Shakespeare is, of course, you can cut that scene and nobody's going to come and arrest you, which if you did that from something else, they will definitely come and arrest you. Should you should just do Shakespeare all the time because all it's not time. copyrighted. Right. You just do no it. No royalties. Yeah. It's no. fabulous. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm going to come to Twelfth Night and see. See uh, that uh, I've got. I got to see how I can tell you. He's already. De- you're. I'm, we're in trouble already. <laughs> I, I know there's a, Act Two, Scene Three is switched with Act Three, Scene Five. No, or I, like no, that. not that. I just want to see how the actor who's playing Fabian does that line. That I. Yeah. You better. You better laugh at it. <laughs> I will. I'll That's go right. You better. I'll, I'll be the guy sitting out there when he says it. I'll go. Perfect. I do it. Perfect. I, I want to be there. I might do it. Uh, so, uh, Twelfth Night, uh, the uh, In the Heights. There's one more. Um, Mama Mia. Mama Mia. On the moon. Yeah. Mama Mia on the moon. You wouldn't. Uh, no, we're not. Do- we're not doing it. Don't get upset, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're not doing no, it. No, not on the moon. And then I thought. Uh, I thought. Oh, this is going to be great because I'll try and get uh, Karen to. Leak uh, next season. Yeah, leak next season, but I think it's on the side of the building, isn't it? No, that's still last this past season or and the, the oh. university one. Oh, that's no. The, even oh. Kirsten doesn't know what it is yet because because you're close to. We're very it, close. Right? We're we're actually really mere moments. It's it's. Uh, you do it in March sometime, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's dates and trying to negotiate where the holidays fall so that I don't make my staff work too much on Christmas. You, you know, picking that season that's upcoming, you don't want to leak anything about it? Nothing? That, you, know? you know, there might be a, a, a Tony Award winning play in there. Well, okay. Or a okay. Pulitzer Prize winning play well, in there. Well, okay. Hmm. Uh, that's, Interesting. That's, I mean, that's a wide field, but we'll think about <laughs> it. Uh, 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 that's one thing I did want to ask you, too. It just dawns on me. When you're trying to do a season pick a season so many things have to go into that decision uh what what the utah audience might like or not like this this audience yeah um but how do you sketch find out what's going on around town so that you don't because i know there have been uh times when there have been three productions of of uh what, what is it the plaid what is it the forever, oh, forever plaid. plaid you know four productions yeah. of forever plaid or there are so many theaters around salt lake and up in davis county yeah well the licensors the folks that grant us the rights are are very quick to say if it's already been licensed somewhere else and is that a problem for mm-hmm. us and we are in a enviable position that if we pick a title and commit to it they will limit the rights to other theaters in this community while we're in the really? cycle. But yeah. really what Bill's asking is, are you going to do Forever Plaid next season? <laughs> he really loves that show. I have he no idea what it's about, it. really. I've never seen it. Nobody does. It's fine. <laughs> it's not I'm, about anything. Yeah, that's what I, it's just a bunch of singing. 
Um, Singing, yeah. That's not on it's next season. It's kind of like Lost. I, I will okay. admit that one's not on the season. So you heard it here first. Right. Pioneer is not doing Forever Plaid <laughs> next season. Now I want to ask you about Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor <laughs> Dream Punk. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one I should have picked. We're going to spend Joseph. most of the hour on Joseph. And, yeah, um, there you go. Uh, Joseph, had, oh, no, I think it was over at uh, uh, the, uh, the other theater that it was done. The touring show. You yeah. Got it. Oh, it was. It was at Kingsbury. At Kingsbury, yeah. yeah. Kingsbury. Um, so I think, you know, we, we've, we got it, I think. Uh, any, anything you want to add that we haven't talked about? I miss anything? I've enjoyed this quite a bit. I hope you have. It's fun. Yeah. I like this. Lunch and chat. Yeah. I, I, yes, Kirsten. I think we need to talk about let's go eat and let's go watch theater. Uh, well, you know. Well, let you you and I can. Well, some people call that awful. like dinner theater. <laughs> <laughs> I've done. I've done that. I've done that too. Yeah, it was weird. It was in Roanoke, Virginia. It was called. The, it was Branton Dean's Barn Dinner Theater, and we all lived in this big barn. And then they had the theater and the kitchen downstairs, but it was like a dormitory situation. And I've done the both kind. Yeah, you know, I've done the kind where they eat while you do the show i've done the kind where they eat and then come see the show mm -hmm. um this one they they would eat and they'd kind of come out and clear away all the yeah the food the food and the dishes it and then a, the people just say seated there where they were yeah and yeah, we mm. did we did a play called catch catch me if you can a murder mystery really yeah it was kind of a, it, was, it was a fun play and yeah i did a show off broadway in new york called Prom Queens Unchained, and I know it was fun. Included in the price of your ticket because it was set in a high school. Um, was as people entered the theater, there was a mom who handed you your lunch, and you got a bagged lunch. And then there was a place in the show where we did the eat your lunch number, and everybody was uh, supposed to eat your lunch. And if you ate your lunch before, then one of the teachers in the show would come around and like <laughs> yell at you. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's so many, and, and that's that's great. That's creative. It's entertaining, or maybe not, but well, but it, but it's a good. It's an idea. It's something you can do, and and you know, I, I sometimes I think there are no surprises in theater anymore. But then, then something surprises me. I, I think that is the cool <clears throat> thing about yeah, theater. I love it. I I was uh, Dylan will tell you. I guess it was over Kingsbury. <clears throat> we were. Um, Went to see, and I know you've directed at the uh, Spelling Bee, the uh, punks. Yeah. Twenty you fifth know. annual. Twenty fifth annual Putnam. Putnam yeah. Longest title in the American theater. So we uh, we went to see it, and Dylan, you were there, mm -hmm. and I, I think it was preordained that I was going to be selected to be a speller. I think. Uh, yeah. No, it was I, a, I think it was. It was kind of they. You know, they bring the spellers. Yes. Yeah. Out of the so, and I knew that they were going to call on me to be a speller, <clears throat> and I was uh, okay. So I get up there, and uh, I start. And pretty soon I'm the last. <gasps> you were the last person one. there, and they're asking me to spell these words which I'd really never kind of heard of. <laughs> and I'm going, well, let's see phonetically. How about? And he'd go, oh my God, that's correct. That's right. Brilliant, you know. And I kept whittling people away, and I won the spelling bee, and I was so proud. And I go down, he's off the stage, and I go sit down next to my son, and he, who had seen the play before, and he said, you know that was a setup, don't you? <laughs> well, no, because here's, here's the gag in the show is you, you, they give you a really hard last word yeah. that is impossible to spell, and you spell it, and then they all break character, kind of break the wall and go, uh, Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe uh, he, this was... And they look around, who, he got it. And they're like, they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then they, they continue with the show, and like at intermission you said... That was cool that I tricked him. I tricked him on that. And I was like, no, that's just how the script that's is. How that's how they do so, it every time. So here's it's a, a great fun fact. Band. Theater is surprising. Here, yeah. Theater is surprising. Jeff Talbot, who wrote I, mm -hmm. was the one who played the the um, teacher ah. in Spelling Bee that gave the spelling words. On Broadway? Uh, no, here oh, at Pioneer. Here. And cool. so he was able to, to write all of this additional material about <laughs> spelling words that was quite fun for us. Uh, uh Thank you so much. Really a pleasure to meet you. This was fun. Thanks yeah. for lunch. Uh, no kidding. Uh, no, I mean, no problem. <laughs> I, mean, I have one final question for you. How do you spell theater? Oh, I'm, e an, I'm an RE. See, I, I, for years and years, I was an RE. Yeah. T-H-E-A-T-R-E. -E. And I, I ask people in the theater this now. I Are was they an, ER? 
Did they go down? No, no. ER? I just I just decided it was pretentious, and I went back to ER. I do. Uh, I guess I'm pretentious. I when it's uh, live theater, re. When it's a movie theater, oh yeah, ER a movie theaters are it. ERs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I think we're allowed just a little pretentious because we're, you know, we're live theater's fabulous. Oh, no, I was just me. I thought I was being pretentious with can, the RE. Now I've gone back to ER. Yes, can, Kirsten. Can we use your platform, your your statewide platform here to make sure people pronounce it theater instead of theater? Or theater. <laughs> yeah. It's not theater and it's not theater. It's theater. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, thanks so much, uh, uh, Karen Eisenberg, Artistic Director. I'll just say Pioneer Theater. Yeah? Good. Got it? That's safe. Uh, That's it for the Let's Go Eat show. I'm Bill Allred. Thank you, Dylan Allred. No relation. He really is. Uh, For producing the show. And remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network.